welcome to another episode of Design and Influence. It's so awesome to have you here with us. Mark and I can't wait to talk about the next subject, which is virtual PCs. But before we go there, let me introduce the brain of operations when it comes to IT. Let me talk, you know, someone who takes all the escalations, all the hard questions in Arc IT, our company, and solves them. Um, that Basically, the buck stops with him. And if it's not him, then goes to CEO uh, Boris who uh, who then gets together with Mark and and and, and finally makes you know a solution, but uh, he usually doesn't go all the way up there. Uh, he does projects for us as well as um, definitely IT strategy. Mark, how's it going today? Another beautiful day out here in Phoenix, Arizona. Loving it. Hey, love it, man. Hey, thanks a lot for taking the time out on a busy day. I know you're like nonstop into this uh, emotionally, physically, and passionate all that. But let's talk about virtual PCs. We get questions from our clients quite a bit on this technology, the use cases for it. Why should we be using? Why aren't we using it? Can you start with introducing what the tech is and kind of what the advantages are, why people should consider putting virtual PCs? Absolutely. So, you know, the traditional way in the past has been you have a physical computer that sits right in front of you and you use some type of technology to get access to your uh, files and whether it's on a file server or lives in, you know, some BIM solution. Um, this is for architects specifically. And uh, yeah, and you just have that physical computer that you lug around and you're constantly you know, every, depending on your life cycle of your hardware, you're constantly replacing. There's just issues, hardware issues. You know, you can have a lot of stuff come up that is uh, prohibitive to, you know, just having something constantly available for you. And so that's 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 sort of in a nutshell um, what it was in the past. And now with the cloud solution, basically you take that hardware, that high-end hardware, and you put it into the cloud, whether it's, you know, some of the big ones are um, Azure, AWS, and you have a virtual computer um, that lives up in the cloud. It's replicated to many sites, so it's very high availability, and you always have access to it. And then you can have a entry-level computer that sits in front of, you know, your designer, they're a dime a dozen, uh, very cost effective they could use their personal machine if they have one and uh yeah and you just connect to a virtual computer that lives in the cloud wow and can you scale up like how easy it is to scale up the capability of that virtual computer so it's actually it's quite easy um i mean it's it's there's back-end work so what what sort of happens is the 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 user can plug away on their current environment and on the back end people like myself Boris, um, other engineers on our team can spin up that virtual PC and get it completely configured and set up. And it's just a, you know, hey, we're going to put a shortcut on your desktop and you're going to now connect to this when you want to work. And it's it's that easy. Wow. So sounds like it's pretty uh, groundbreaking technology, especially for architecture, design and engineers who have worked with heavy CAD files and such. Um, what are some of the disadvantages? Why, why aren't everybody doing it? Cost. cost is a really big uh, prohibitive factor. Um, and the more resources you need to have to be able to uh, do your daily job functions, the more resources you need, the higher the daily cost is for it. Um, it's easier to break it down on a per hour basis for the cost. And so cost is a big one. There's also some management too that needs to be done um, because it's all done behind the scenes, which is great. So that's a pro to actually too. 
but the behind the scenes and uh, having the technical wherewithal to be able to handle it behind the scenes is something that uh, a lot of companies might be afraid to move forward with. Hmm. But we do help our customers with some virtual workstations or virtual PCs. What are their use cases? What are some of the successful ones? Like, can you think through uh, the current uh, use cases and maybe give us a glimpse on uh, how are they taking advantage of this tech? Absolutely. Um, COVID was a great one. I mean, Alex, come on. You know, that was a great case study for like, hey, we're all in the office in front of, you know, our current environments. And then all of a sudden, one day, everyone's home. So, well, what do you do? Um, anyone who's probably listening to this would understand that, you know, the access to your models and all your company files may have lived on site and getting people in there to be able to access their Revit models and, you know, all the maybe AutoCAD, Civil 3D, being able to access that was is tough over a VPN. It just, it really doesn't work very well. So a great case study was when COVID hit, like some companies were already in the cloud at that point and they would have their downtime in their, uh, um, their ability to change during the, that tough COVID was just an easy, uh, you know, just transition for them because they were already ready. So are those companies uh, continuing to use the technology or they shifted back to local hardware because of cost? I think, to be honest with you, uh, they're more transitioning to the cloud uh, because it's just an, it's an easier once you get it set up and configured and running, it's very easy to duplicate that on a larger level. So as they move there and they start to find out the advantages of it in the long run, they're slowly transitioning uh, more people over that way. Um, getting that transition is the hard part because a lot of companies took that downtime during COVID, for instance, and were able to come up with a solution that was they could put in place that worked, uh, maybe not permanently, but they were able to get it going. Um, and now we're slowly starting to, as the life cycle of the machines are dying out, we're slowly starting to transition more into the cloud. Mm. Well, you mentioned cost is one of the disadvantages. Can we break it down a little bit? I know in the pre-show we talked, we touched it, but I, I actually want to know from a business owner's perspective, um, you said it's, it's it's expensive or it, it seems expensive, but what's the total cost of operation as opposed to the total cost of ownership? Um, you know, a comparable a comparable. Let's let's talk about a, a designer who does graphics, right? Your 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 sort of day to day uh, person who does who does a lot of heavy lifting on the uh, for design, and then you know them by getting them a machine. Let's let's suppose they're remote, getting them a machine that would do all their work and rendering and all that stuff versus getting them in virtual. Can you give me rough cost estimates? Absolutely. So this is where it can get a little get complicated depending on their roles and responsibilities and what they're actually doing. Um, so for the sake of this, I'll put it into two groups, someone who does rendering and someone who doesn't do rendering. I think that's the easiest way. Mm. The rendering are the, um, whether it's inside of Revit or, you know, as an add-in or it's a tool, just a, its own application that's doing rendering. We're going to keep those separate. So someone who just does Revit with no add-ins, very basic Revit, AutoCAD, um, you know, civil 3D, any of those that are very basic, you're looking at about 50 cents per hour to run a virtual machine. So math is not my strong subject. I see you got your pen and maybe calculator out there, Alex, but uh, 50 cents an hour. So, you know, uh, if you, if you, and if you leave it running all day, 
Uh, so 50 cents an hour. So you're about four dollars, 12 bucks a day to run that. So, wait, 12 wait, bucks so a it's day. Tw- hold on. This is 12 hours. Uh, are people working 12 hour shifts these days? Yeah. So we're going to, well, 50 cents an hour is if you want it running all the time. This gets into a separate one of another downfall, Alex, is if there's a management side behind it of like, okay, we have to, you can't, you can only work from eight to five or what happens if you need to work at seven o'clock and your machine's only on from eight to five. So you then have to figure out a way who's going to turn that machine on. So that's what we do on the back end with the management side of things. And that's where it can get complicated too. So in a perfect world, you actually want to have it running 24 seven. You don't know when there's going to be projects that need to be done. So you have that virtual machine running all the time. So let's call it that. Let's call it 24 hours. So that's 24 divided by two is 12, 12 bucks a day. You're right. Your math is actually mm-hmm. brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> uh, 12 bucks a day. So that uh, seven days a week. It, again, it depends. It really depends on the company itself. Some of our clients we have, they're really strict from when they work in eight to five, you know, they, they, they clock in and they clock out. Some of our clients are absolutely insane. They're working, you know, they ask us to put off updates, you know, that we have going out at midnight because they're still working on projects. So that's going to be a case of companies, you know, case by case. Let's let's uh, call it seven days a week. All right. Let's call it full availability at all times. So that's 12 bucks times seven. Um, Where we end. Uh, We are at $84 per week. Per week. Per week times four. We have $336 a month for full time availability at all times, anytime. Per, yes. Is it per machine? Per machine. This is per machine. Correct. And it's roughly we're we're about fifty cents, you know, an hour on that. Got it. But it's not that's non-rendering board. That's a non-rendering. So let's talk about the people who need to run uh, the the virtual the any type of um, rendering, whether it's it's software based rendering or an add-in to Revit rendering. You're you're now pushing up to around two dollars an hour. Now that gets. I just got really expensive real quick. Yeah, so that's um, 1200 so, 1300 bucks a month for rendering. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and and that's where it, and when you can go out and spend 4 grand and get a beast of a machine that will last you 3 to 4 years, now you're starting to uh run into some things. Now, with that said, what about if you have some non-rendering machines with you have one that is you know, a virtual machine that is at $2 an hour, but you only use it when you need it. And that can become an option too, because people aren't rendering 24 seven when they're working, they're only rendering at certain times. So that's a different, you know, case by case basis too. Got it. So let's go back to cost of doing business. Okay. So 336 bucks for non-rendering available at all times. Let's say I don't need it all times. Let's say, you know, only 12 hours a day. So I cut the cost in half. So that's basically 162 162 bucks per month. What is a comparable machine cost and how long does it last? So there's different recommendations for different machines. We recommend that a machine is going to last you anywhere from three to four years is a, is a good, uh, a good cost. And for a non-rendering machine, if you're not running, doing any rendering, you really aren't using the, the graphics, the GPU uh, as much. You're just using the CPU. So you're probably still looking at about $1,800 to $2,000 with warranty and all that, maybe $2,200 with warranty, roughly, depending on what you get. All right. So let's call it $2,200. Um, 
So it still sounds like by far, even so if you pay $2,200, all things being equal, divided by 36 months, it's 61 bucks a month. So it sounds like you're paying 100 bucks more per month uh, to have this, your uh, machine uh, being in, in, in the virtual space. Yes. So to me, it sounds like there might be some specialized cases where this is advantageous, maybe have one or two machines available for maybe rendering for the, for the team that needs to log in from another country while they're traveling, blah, blah, blah. But I don't know, where, where do you see the advantage? I mean, to me, the cost is pretty significantly higher, as you said it's, originally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's centrally managed. You're centrally managing everything. So everything's, it's high availability. So it's always available. If you have internet, you have access to it. I can count on one hand in the last six, seven years that, you know, Azure or AWS have fully been down. There's times when it hiccups for an hour here or there. But that's, you know, that's your your network or your VPN is going to or your ISP, you know, even if you have two ISPs at your office, it's going to hiccup like that, you know, five times in a span of as many years. So the high availability is what's really good, very easily manageable and very easily duplicated. That's another thing that's really nice about it. Um, and it's it's quicker. Uh, you don't have to wait for hardware. It's just you have a new employee starting. Boom, it's ready. You don't have to go out and you know acquire a piece of hardware, which we've talked about. So um, we talked about that I think last last week or last last show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there there are advantages to it, uh, and it's it's cleaner. Um, so. Gotcha. Uh, but from a pure cost perspective, it's still a little bit, uh, well, not a little bit, significantly more expensive. But there are other business benefits, as you said, which is a quick to spin up, easier to manage, more available. What about security? It's just as secure as having it. To, to be honest with you, it's probably more secure because when you have people, remote workers, um, you don't know what they're doing at home. You know, you don't have a camera on them at all times. You don't, if they're accessing nor should from you. a personal machine, nor should you. <laughs> um, you, uh, um, you have complete control of it. So if there's a security lapse, it would fall onto the IT, not onto the end user. Um, so it, if they're not, <laughs> I mean, they have to stay within their means, but like security-wise for penetration from outside people trying to attack, it's just as secure as, you know, on-premise environment. On-premise. Oh, got it. Okay. All right. So with all this said, what is your advice for best case scenario use case? Like who, like let's say people are watching, designers, engineers, uh, people running those companies. Uh, what is your advice? Uh, let's like round this out. What is your advice for best case scenario um, for this technology? So it's uh, it's not for everyone yet. It's going to be there. Uh, it's just, it's currently it's not, I don't feel it's quite there. The best case scenario is for a company that doesn't want to have an infrastructure bill. Um, doesn't want to have a on doesn't have an office maybe maybe they're fully remote and they want but they want to have control of everything. Um, we have some clients that are fully remote don't have an office so they don't have servers they don't have anything like that um, to to keep up with. So this allows you to just keep everything in the cloud. Um, it's a it's a very narrow of where it fits right now um but for the right people it's definitely the right solution um and i think one of the big things is high availability there's so many things at play um we have some of our clients that just can't get good isp at their office and they're limited by what they can get um 
you're not going to get any better, you know, service than at a Microsoft or an Amazon data center. Hmm. What about companies that need to rapidly expand for big projects and then, uh, you know, they bring consultants in uh, for, you know, for a period of time and then they need to contract back to, to you know, the original state. Is, is that, is this technology recommended for something like that? Absolutely, 100%, because you literally turn on the machine, uh, you start getting billed and you turn it off, bill goes away. So it's a, it's a great, um, it's a great way to be able to, you uh, expand and contract quickly uh, without having to make a long-term investment. Ah, there's your use case. I think it's pretty awesome. Scale up, scale down. If you need a quick spin up uh, without a lot of IT over- overhead and reliability, security, and you know, professional presentation to your to your con- contractors, to your employees, I think that's, that's where I would do it. Because then again, I don't have to spin up servers, which we didn't even talk about. Because like, you know, one thing is I have a machine that does rendering for four grand. The other thing is, you know, has to go somewhere. Um, so there's also additional cost of servers and all those things. I think this is beyond the scope of this conversation, unless you want to mention something about it. I mean, the biggest thing is when we were factoring in the cost, when you did the cost, you I was thinking it, I didn't say it, but you also are, you know, with an on-prem environment, you're spending five to $10,000 too over a span of four years that you can amortize over all your machines because that's the cost of having, uh, you know, a physical device with running virtual machines, if not more, depending on how large it is. So, and this also brings into a lot of our solutions for, especially for the Revit's and our using BIM solutions, which is all in the cloud anyways. So it, it's it's a lot of tools are moving to the cloud. That's you know what a, I really like about this, Mark, to be honest with you? As a business owner, the way I look at this is, look, it's operating when I'm producing revenue and I'm not paying for it. So if managed properly, I'm not paying for it when non-revenue generation activity is not happening. So when revenue generation activity ha- is happening, which is by people are working, yep. I'm paying for it and I'm fine paying for it. But when it's not happening, I can scale down rapidly, right? Is, is, am I understanding you correctly? So if you don't, if you only set this for eight hour period, you're not paying for the rest. You're just paying for what it's, you use. It's when it's turned on. And you can even, with, in the, here's where the management piece comes in, Alex, is with when you have the management side of things, which is what we do as the IT, not, not management on site, it's the IT management. Um, you can configure different solutions. You can put different solutions in place that when the user needs to use it, they can do some like run a script that will connect to AWS or Azure and turn it on. So even if they do need to work at 10 o'clock at night and their hours are only eight to five, they can, there are, you can come up with a solution for them to be able to power it on them. And that's where it comes in really good with like what you said, Alex. It's you're only, you're only when there's revenue generating generation happening is when you can have these devices on. That's a win-win for a business owner. Yeah. I would think that's also, you know, we didn't account for a cost. I mean, now, now I'm just coming up with all these things. One is a server and all that um, premise yeah. stuff. The other thing is like the cost of maintaining all those laptops, things break, uh, you know, yeah, they got a warranty, but you got to deal with it. How, how long are you going to be off? You know, cause we, we keep all these extra laptops for our customers so we can slide one in as soon as something breaks. So they can, Right, they can be continuously available. I mean, that goes without saying. I mean, if you just tally up all the 
let's say breakages or productivity breakages from IT issues related to physical laptops, physical machines, I think that in itself will add a, a nice little additional margin of savings um, when you yeah. think about virtual. Uh, it, it does too. It, but just remember, you also do need to have a computer to connect to it with too. Sure. So you need to have something in front of you, but you don't need to have a $4,000 or $3,200 $2,200 machine. You can have something that's a little less capable and that can still, that just is the means to the, to get to the end. And that's just the means to connect to your virtual machine in the cloud. Gotcha. All right, Mark, I think we beat this into a pulp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe if Harry was here, he'd introduce more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> more he'd infuse it with some more uh, color, I guess, and, and, and interesting points of view. He's always got some interesting points of view. Uh, we miss him this time. He's off. Uh, but hopefully you'll join us on the next one. Uh, Mark, thank you very much for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, you're watching this. We're ArcIT. We help you, the architecture, design, engineer companies, solve your IT so you can go do your best work and, and let us be the plumbers of your technology, okay? Absolutely. Plumber Mark, Plumber Alex, signing off. We'll see you next time. Thank Later, you very guys. much for watching. Goodbye. Thanks.